Good morning. How we doing? Good. Children, obviously you know. You can go to children's church. Wow. It's like an exodus. Oh, how's everybody doing? Good. Good, good, good. Man, we got some tired people. You guys hear that? That sound weird? Oh, maybe it's just them going up the stairs. I thought I heard a humming. I'm a sound guy. I hear little things and it starts bugging me. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. We, we, we had some guys in here last night. They stayed the whole night and prayed in here. And so they're still here. They haven't left yet. So they're tired. Um, I, I know a bunch of you have been probably traveling and you just got here and you're probably tired. Uh, I've been traveling. I, I got back home at about 1.30 in the morning last night. Uh, I went to go visit some family. We had some issues because we're a normal family and normal families have issues. So I went home to go be with my family, but I'm so glad to be back with this family. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and then I got a phone call at 2.30 in the morning. We had an emergency. So I, I, I sense tired is kind of a theme today. And, and I've talked to a bunch of people and I'm like, how are you doing? Like, I'm so tired. That's what everybody said to me this morning. So I'm going to try to keep it upbeat. Um, this message was originally uh, 26 points. I cut it down. I made it a little bit smaller because, well, I told Clayton. Where, where's Clayton? Where is he? I, he? He's one of the guys who was here all, all last night. He's like, sorry if I fall asleep. I told him if he falls asleep, I'm going to walk over to him, draw everybody's attention to him, and be like, wake up, honey. It's time for school, and just start messing with them. But, so I'm going to try to keep it upbeat. We're going to have a good time. We're talking about prayer today. How can it be bad? It's going to be a good time. Uh, but I want to pray just for strength, and then just that our hearts will be open this morning as God delivers a message to us through his word, and that we'll be open and ready to receive it in just a way, because this is just powerful stuff. When we, you start talking about prayer, and especially the early church and what they were doing in prayer, we're talking about powerful stuff. And, and, and here's the thing is, nothing has changed. Boom. You guys hear that? Elijah, will you turn off the subs? I'm picky. I know. I know. Everybody else is like, I don't care, man. That's what my wife would be saying. So, but let's pray. Let's pray that I'll be focused and that we'll get this thing going. Father God, we just come before you this morning as humble people, as people that are just ready to hear your word, absorb it. God, I pray that anything that I'm speaking this morning is purely inspired by you. God, I, I don't want any of my opinion. I don't want any of our church's opinion to come through. We want your opinion to come through because you're the one that matters. God, if we read things that are challenging or even scary for some of us, that we'll just be open and ready to receive that because it's in your word and we have to deal with that. God, I pray for those who are here who may be struggling right now or maybe don't even know this Jesus guy that we're going to talk a lot about today, that this won't weird them out, but that they'll understand that there is a great God who loves them and wants, to, and wants to join on them, to join with them in life. And God, and I pray for those who, who do know Jesus right now, that they will see the power of prayer in a group of people that are on mission for your redemptive plan. God, we love you so much. I'm so sorry for my sins. Please forgive me now. Make me clean. And God, uh, just do a mighty work in here. Don't dare let us leave the same as when we came in. Change us today. In your name I pray. Amen. Whew. So like I said, I've been traveling. I'm dead tired, but I'm really excited about this message, mainly because it's something that I haven't been that good at in my life. And, and, and that's one of the great things about teaching is that you are forced to examine what you're teaching on pretty heavily in the time leading up to it. And usually you have a rough week leading up to it. Tom can, would tell you the same message. That when, 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 you, when you're preparing a message or when you're getting ready to teach a group, whether it's a small group or anything, usually it ends up rocking you more than the people you're giving it to. I have the attention span of a two-year-old. Me and prayer, 
I struggle with it. Like, I mean, I'll start praying. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I'm, I'm one of the guys I start praying. And two seconds later, my mind is, I, I'm thinking about my fantasy football league. And it's not even inten- like intentional. Most of the time, my mind goes to thinking of how beautiful my wife is and, uh, and how much I want to serve people. And, no, <laughs> it does on, on the first one. But man, I, I'm not that good at it. I'm really not. And, and, and so this was tough for me putting this together, just to be honest, because you see prayer here in the Bible that is powerful. Prayer that just flat out works. So what we're going to do is this, is, is I'm going to tell you the point of today at the beginning, and then we're going to go through it and I'm going to explain it. The point of today is this, submitting to God's control and sovereignty, you end up praying for God's will to be done on earth, not man's will to be done in heaven. That's the point of today's message, is that when you are willing to submit to God and let him be in control, I was listening to a message when I was driving home last night, because that's what I do. I listen to sermons repeatedly. Ari and I, we drove home for Christmas last year. She listened to 23 hours of sermons with me. She like went to seminary with me over the week, and, and that's, but that's what I do. I was listening to a sermon, and, and a, a pastor, his name is Darren Patrick. I, I enjoy him very much. He's from St. Louis, and, and he was saying that when he gets to heaven someday, He's going to have this great realization that it's going to be, if I understood how in control God was, I could have done so much more. If I, if I just would understood, because I mean, isn't that the bottom line for most of our issues? Is that we, it's a control issue. I'm in control, or God's in control, or this person's in control. But if we can learn how to let God be in control, then our prayer lives will start looking like Jesus' prayer life, the apostles' prayer life, the early church's prayer life, and then it will stop being what we want God to do in heaven, but what, instead what he wants to do here on earth in his earthly kingdom through you and I. So that's the point of today. Let's go ahead. We're going to read the scripture. You're in part 17, just so you know, of the Acts series. This is, um, it's kind of funny. I would say we're, we're halfway through, but we're not. There's a lot more chapters. It, it, some of you college students who stuck around a week after, we started this, I think, a week after school got out. And we're at, the, we're at like the end of chapter four. So you see how quickly we move around here. So, so some of you are like, whoa, I feel like I just left and I came back and we're still talking about the same thing. And we are, but we're, we're moving through it. And we're, but like we said, next week, we're doing a new series and then we'll jump back in the Acts after that. But we're in Acts chapter four, verse 23 through 31. I'm just going to go ahead and read that whole thing to you and then we'll dive in. If you don't have a Bible, it's right here for you, just so you know. Verse 23 says this. When they were released, they went to, the fr- to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage? And the people's plot in vain. The kings of of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were together together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand, your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their hearts. Their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while I stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Okay. This is a scripture that, and I honestly believe you can probably do this with all scripture, but there's certain areas you can really do this. You can preach a very easy, safe message. I could go through here and give you some points on how you need to pray, but we're not going to do that today. Because the, the, I, what we like to do here is we really like the Bible first. So just in case you were here for the first time, we like it a lot. And we really like Jesus a whole lot. And we're not going to shy away from what it has to say to us. 
And if we, if we look really deeply, I think there's some scary implications. And that's an okay thing. Because there, there should be times when you read something and you almost just have to step away for a minute and go, if that happened, what would my life look like? And it should scare you to death. Just being honest. But, but, but th- this isn't small enough, but we, we like to call it the same as what Matt Chandler says down at the village in Texas. He calls them coffee cup verses. We like to take them and put them on coffee cups or T-shirts or bumper stickers and make them cute and fun. I'm not knocking that. If you're sitting there like, I have that coffee cup. I'm, I'm not making fun of you, okay? <laughs> I'm not, I, okay, a little bit. But it's, it's in love. It's in love. Do you feel it? I hope it's coming, okay? It, it, it's in love. But I, I think there's a deeper rooted thing here because, I mean, let's just be honest. Anybody who's been around church for any period of time hears about the Acts 2 church, right? And, and how much we want to be like the Acts 2 church. And I'd like to challenge that assumption and say that I don't think we really want to be that yet. Because it's scary stuff. Do you realize that these people died for this? I mean, I, I, I turned on the, I, I listened to some talk radio when I, while well, I still had reception to anything <laughs> when I was driving home last night. And, and you know, and, and I got this Christian guy on the radio and he was just talking about like how he was just freaking out over this law being passed and this law being passed. And I was like, dude, relax. I mean, I'm not for it. Like, okay, let, let me, let me I'm a patriot, okay? I'm a patriot. I mean, I, I love the kingdom of God a lot. Okay, but, and, and I love our country. I'm not knocking that. But this guy was freaking out as if, like, if, if some of our rights got taken away, what are we going to do? Well, the answer is right here. We just read it. We will continue to proclaim the word of God with boldness. Did you know that this year, globally, globally, about 300,000 Christians will lose, their, will lose their lives for the sake of the gospel this year. 300,000. The Christian group, socially, is the number one persecuted group globally. Most people don't know that. And we're freaking out over some laws? I want to challenge us to really examine this scripture today. I think if we can start praying a little differently, or maybe some of us are there and, and, I'm, and I'm thankful for you, and I, I'm not. But, man, I'm just killing time. Let's go. I'm going to break down this scripture for you. I ha- like I said, this was 26 points. I'm going to have eight quick points for you. Quick ones. I'm just going to go through. And if you're like a note taker and you're trying to take them down, don't bother. I'm going to post them on the website on my blog. So you can go on there and you can download them and you can take them home for yourself. If you want, along with that, I've, I had Ryan post on our resources page on the website. Um, there's a great resource by John Piper about how to pray. Some good theology in praying. We're, we're about good theology. We're about the Holy Spirit leading, but we're also about good theology as well. So that's there for you. That's on the website under the resources pages. And I'll post my sermon notes because there's a lot of points. I'm going to go through them quick. And if you're trying to catch up, Good luck. So here we go. The first one is this. Is they faced per- persecution and where'd they go? They went to their friends. I love, I, 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 love, I love that word. They went to their friends. Because what, what just happened, if you were here with us last week, Tom preached on it last week. What happened was Peter and John just basically got told, if you read back a little bit, it says this. It says basically that you're not going to speak the name of Jesus anymore. They threatened them. And, and, and it's not like me going like, you better not talk about Jesus. And you're going, whatever, dude. Okay, these are the guys that killed Jesus. And in about two weeks, we see a Christian die for the first time from this point. Their threats were not empty. They were real. They, they, they just got done being threatened. They just got back from the trenches. And where do they go? They go to their friends. And so I did some digging and did some research. And basically what that means, they, they went to who they knew is what it means. The people that they did life with. Because their church was about 
3,000 or more we know by this point. It's probably something like a smaller group of people that they hung out with a lot. And they went to their friends. They went to their church. They went to their small group. What? They knew where to go. Next one is this. They were united. It says that, doesn't it? It says, it says um, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together. Together. They were united in their prayer. There was not division. There was an understanding that they were together, that they had been brought together. And they loved that. Next one is this. They prayed together. Did you guys know that this Christian thing is not a solo trip? The Bible that you have was not written to an individual. It was written to go out in community. It was written to churches. It was written to groups of people. Let me like tell you, reading the Bible by yourself and studying it is a very good thing, and we strongly encourage that, but you will probably get more out of reading the Bible and studying the Bible in a group of people than you will by yourself. Same thing goes with prayer. They prayed together. They got together. They got in a group. We meet every Wednesday night here at the church. We come together and we pray. We pray for the college. We pray for our community. We pray for those who are far from God. We pray for those who are close to God. We pray for family members. And you're invited. And you're not only invited just to pray on Wednesday nights. You're invited to get together and pray like the guys did last night. They all got together here and they decided that there needed to be some prayer in this church. They came together and they prayed. How did they pray? They prayed to God as sovereign. They prayed to God as in control. We're going to touch on that later. They quoted scripture. If you notice here, um, starting in verse 25 through, about, through 26, they quote Psalm 2. They had a high view of scripture in their prayer. They asked for boldness. They didn't ask for God to change the circumstances. Do you notice that? They didn't say, God, take away this problem. I don't like it. They asked for boldness to handle the situation. They prayed expectantly, especially for healing and miracles. They prayed expectantly for healing and miracles. We believe in that here at this church, just being clear. We believe that the Holy Spirit still acts in the same way and that God can choose to heal if he desires. I know it says Baptist on the sign and sometimes we're not allowed to say it, but, but we don't care because it's what the word teaches. They expected healings. They expected miracles. How often do we go out and it's kind of like, well, we got our Bible and that's great and we got each other and that's good. When was the last time we just saw God open up the floodgates and we saw signs and miraculous things done in the name of Jesus? I hope it's been often in your life because it was in theirs. We like to say things in the church a lot, a lot of times like this. We like to say, God is the same today as he was yesterday. I agree. Let's show them off like they showed them off in those times as well. And finally, they did it all in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's the only way they had any power, any authority. It was not by their own skill or working. We preached, we preached a couple weeks ago that these were common men. These were common Women that were to gather together. You didn't have to be capital A apostle, like with the ability to write the Bible for this to happen. We saw Stephen produce miraculous signs, and he was a deacon. He wasn't an elder, he wasn't a pastor, he wasn't an apostle, he was a deacon. It's not for the special people. You are the special people. You're the church of Jesus. Okay, those were the quick ones. Because I had, I, I know, I have more notes that'll be up with them if you want to study that more. What are we supposed to get from this? What are we supposed to do with this? 
There's a lot of application here, and we could go for days, days and days and days. Trust me. I was on the plane last night, and I had like this, and I had this book just full of ideas. And it's funny because it's weird how God all of a sudden opens it up to you. You ever do that with scripture? You're reading it, and, and you don't get. It. I had a sentence at nine o'clock last night for my sermon. That's all I had. I was like, I called Ari, and I was like, "Hey, darling, it might be really short tomorrow. I might read it and say what I said at the very beginning." And then say, have a good week. See you next week at Taylor. Okay? That, that, that's, I didn't know. But all of a sudden it opened up and it was like vomit of the pen and I couldn't stop writing. And, I'm, and, and obviously I can't stop talking because I'm already like almost out of time and we're not getting out of here on time today, just so you know. And if you leave, I'll make fun of you and be like, in front of everybody. So <laughs> what are we supposed to get from this? Number one is this. I'm normally not a point guy, but today I am. I've got six of them. And this isn't the all-encompassing that I'm sure you can dig more out. I could have too. But here's six general points that I want us to get today. Okay? Number one is this. When you read the Bible, sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not. Emulate it. Emulate it. Read it. See what they did. Do the same. I know you're going, Matt, that's so profound. Thank you for changing my life today. (laughs) But sometimes I need those obvious things. When it says do this, do it. What does the Bible say about itself? It's It's good for teaching, rebuking, right? It's good for a lot of things. It's good for you. And when it says something, just do it. God knows what is better for you than what you think is better for you. Trust me, I know this all too well. That's the first one. We'll get a little deeper here, I promise. Number two is this. It's about ability, not availability. Okay, if you want a theme for the book of Acts, it's this. It's, about, it's, a, it's not about ability, it's about availability. We have people all the time telling us, I can't teach a small group. I can't disciple somebody. That is nonsense. If you are saved and you are covered in the blood of Jesus and you are forgiven of your sins and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you can do it. Far too many of us think we don't have the ability, but the problem is availability. My schedule does not match with what God's calling me to do, and that's not right. Sorry, I'm not trying to yell at you. I'm just trying to keep you away. But seriously, I'm just going to say, we got people, I haven't seen them in months. Because we take the summer off. That is garbage. It is. Jesus never took a a moment off for you. And I'm not trying to guilt trip us into anything. I just want us to get this. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. If you say I don't have enough time, I would challenge you to check your DVR. Somebody like, I don't know what a DVR is. That's okay. If I see you on Facebook as much as me, you got the time. I'm just saying. It's not about ability, it's about availability. God wants to use you so badly. And some of you, this, this part doesn't need to be about availability, it just needs to be about confidence. First John chapter 5, verse 14, 14 through 15 says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. He's with you. He hears you. Ask him to give you the confidence that you need. Ask him to help you prioritize your life so that serving Jesus is number one 
And what's on TV's number two? That's for me. Fall's starting up, man. I got my favorite TV shows back. I know some of you are like, I don't watch TV. And Gunnison. I do. I love TV. You're just boring, okay? Um, <laughs> no, you actually probably have a more active life than I do, so that's okay. When we're available, we can get some of God's work done here on earth. And it's not by work salvation that I'm preaching today. I'm just telling you, he wants to use you. He wants to do some work through you. Number three, our prayers are not to be prayers of escape. Our prayers are not to be prayers that say, oh God, please take me out of this situation. Now, I'm not saying that all the time you can't pray that. Jesus did it, right? Father, if this cup can pass from me, Please take it. But when God says, no, this is your cup, what's your response after that? Our prayers need to be prayers of enablement, not escape. God, give me the ability to accomplish what, you, what needs to be done for your kingdom right here, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I got a great quote here. There's an author named Phillips Brooks. He said this Do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be strong men and women. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for the powers equal to your tasks. Are we a people that pray for the power equal to the task of God that He has set His church on mission for? We want to pray big prayers. We want to pray for this whole community, the whole college, this whole country, this whole planet, that the gospel may go forth in power. Those are the prayers that we're going to be praying here. Not saying little prayers aren't important because God hears them all. But if we're always asking God to take things away, maybe we're not letting him redeem us as much as he wants to. Maybe we're not being purified by the fire, as the word teaches. Situations come, trust me, they have come. I was on the phone at 2.30 in the morning last night with a student whose life just got rocked. Do you understand that life will come? If we are a group of people that sit here and we get together and all we want is God to take it all away, we will never engage our community and they will never know the love of Jesus. We will be a people that trust that the Holy Spirit can empower us to do mighty, mighty things in his name. Acts 28 through 30, our text today says this, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Don't worry about that word predestined. In the Greek, it just means predestined. <laughs> and know, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We pray to heal people. Might scare some of you. Didn't scare them. We pray for miracles. We pray that every single time we open the doors to this place, that when somebody comes in who doesn't know Jesus, they will leave here knowing him. We pray that you will engage people in your workplace. We pray that you will engage people in your dorm room. We're not a people that shrink back. Tom said it many times. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ.
We won't sin. And we will, because that's what we do. Sorry, God, my bad. Not intentionally. We will do anything to reach people for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. God-sized prayer. Number four, praying the comfort that God is sovereign. Do you understand the comfort that you have? The word sovereignty means God's in control, man. Do you understand that? That he's not surprised by your situation. It's not like Peter and John came back and were like, guess what? We got beat up and Jesus was like, no way. Did not see that coming. You serve a much greater God than that. Do you understand? That he is sovereign and he is in control. And especially for a people group that's being persecuted. Can you imagine the comfort that you can find in that? When you know that everything that's happening to you is part of God's plan. And that's so difficult. And and I understand that's a deal breaker for some people. Right? How could God do this? How could God do this? Well, he didn't do it, okay? He wasn't surprised by it, though. God knows. Especially Jesus. Why? Because he saw it all. He took it all upon himself that day on the cross. Couldn't have been any clearer to him. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it means God knows. Ephesians 1.11 says this. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things and according to the counsel of his will. God works all things. If you don't like a political figure being in charge, you need to get over that. God's in control. You don't like your circumstances? I sympathize with you because it's tough, especially right now. Alita and I are in here a lot, and Ryan's here a lot, and the other Ryan's here a lot. We have people coming in through the doors like you wouldn't believe. But what they need to know is that God is in control as hard as that may be to grasp at times. Just so you know, just like a little history on this. This right here, for the early Christians, is something that set their God apart from the pagan gods. The pagan gods of this time were fickled, right? They'd, they'd get mad about different things. They were fighting, apparently. Not this God. He is not surprised by anything. New concept in the world at this time. Number five, pray with the understanding that persecution is part of the deal. If you are here and you have never heard this before, you need to. Following Jesus will equal in persecution. Now, I understand in the American church it is different I understand that fully. And I understand that right now in the Sudan, there are brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering far beyond anything most of us in here will ever experience. And the Bible calls us to pray for them daily. (laughs) I need to do that more often myself. But just so you know, persecution is part of the deal. When I first became a Christian, I was in high school, and, and basically, here's how this went. Like, I hung out with a group of people who definitely were not Christians by any meaning of the word. And this may be what it looks like for you, and, and this is what it looked like for me, and you might say it's wimpy, but whatever. I have a microphone, you don't. Um, and basically, I started getting left out of the loop. I wasn't being told things. It's kind of getting made fun of a little bit, you know. Matt's the Jesus freak guy. I guess if that's the worst I ever get, 
But then I got to witness some other things because I got to go serve the mission field internationally. I got to see th- some things. I got to have a cop hold me against a building and throw handcuffs on me. And I was excited. It was kind of weird. My mom was really freaked out when I became a Christian because I was praying for that to happen. She was, my mom's not a believer, and she was just like, you are messed up, kid. You want to die? I was like, yeah. I was dumb. Still am. How do I want it to go? I want it to go like this. I want to share with you guys. I, any, any, of, any of our youth, they know this. I love funny stories in the Bible. I love stories that I can relate to. Usually they involve Peter or like bears coming out of the woods and eating people. Those are like my favorite stories in the Bible. Luke chapter 9, verse 51 says this. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, they're talking about Jesus here. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. So Jesus is going to Jerusalem. He knows that his death is coming. And he sent, his, he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village to make this, um, I can't read, who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. So he's set on going there. He's just making a stop there. They don't, they're not digging it. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, here's me. You, you, I can interchange my name here because this is what I would say, and I'd really be hoping for this to happen. Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? That's what I want to do with persecution. They want to mess with us? Okay. God, do you want me to call some he- fire down from heaven? Make some shish kebabs? Well, we'll fry them up right here, man. That's what I'd be saying, but, but Jesus doesn't do that, obviously. But he turned and rebuked them. So now Jesus is yelling at me. And I'm reading this story going, I remember the first time I read it, I'm going, oh man, please. Please just tell me fire comes down and these guys are just toast. I know, it's messed up. But he turned and rebuked them and they went on to another village. Basically, Jesus said, shut up. No. It's not how this is going to go. How, let me tell you how this is going to go. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And who else did they persecute and kill? Our God, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We say we want to be like Jesus, but we don't want persecution. You can't be like Jesus if you don't get persecuted. If there isn't a cost, there's always a cost. It's not easy. It's not light. It may not be fun. There's sometimes, man, where this Jesus thing is so great, so joyful. Other times when it's so joyful, but it's hard. And those around you, you may, I, I, I know people who have family who say, I wish I didn't know you anymore. You're blessed. It may not seem like it, but in the heavenly realms, angels are rejoicing. And God is proud. First Peter 4.19 Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Do you trust in him? And you notice that it uses the word creator, creator. That should comfort you, knowing that he created everything. And he is in control. You are blessed. Last point is this. 
Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. I can't say it enough. A few weeks ago, I gave a whole sermon over it. You can look it up on the podcast. If we could only get a glimpse, and I just pray that God will do this for us, that if we could just get a glimpse, maybe just a sneak peek that the power that that name holds, then maybe that that would rest into our hearts in a way that miracles and signs of wonders would just be the norm and the Holy Spirit would come rushing in like a mighty wind. I love the way the Bible uses imagery for the Holy Spirit. When it falls, we'll know. We'll know. Don't hear me preaching a message saying that the Holy Spirit isn't here, by the way, because it is. We want more. They did. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Knowing that you're probably going to be put to the sword for your faith, there is nothing wrong. They know that that day they're going to have to go out into the streets again, and they might see their wife and kids for the very last time. Wouldn't you be asking for some more of that? But how did they do it? Acts 4.30. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Through the name of Jesus is how they did it. Okay, some of the guys know this. I was determined to use this scripture today. I've been wanting to use it for so long. I, I have a group of middle school boys, and uh, we, we, we've been doing um, doodly dude scriptures is what we call them. We've been studying them, and this is one of them. Because sometimes us guys, we, we struggle a little bit with, you know, Jesus felt like the kids around him and holding the little lamb. You know, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm just saying... We play with G.I. Joes, not lambs. <laughs> Just saying. I want you to get a picture of this Jesus. Revelation 19 says this. It's talking about Jesus. Then I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse. I really want to do a series on this, and I want Tom to preach the whole thing on a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> The one sitting on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has the name written that nobody knows but himself. I have no idea what that means, but it's so cool. <laughs> he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, we're following him on white horses. Just a side note real quick, if you're getting ready to get into a fight and everybody shows up in white, you're going to get beat down because they ain't planning on getting dirty. <laughs> From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury, the wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. This is the Jesus that you worship. Do you see his power? The dude is rolling in on white horses with a bunch more behind him, with everybody dressed in white. His robe has blood on it already. I don't know how, but apparently it's got blood on it. He's got a big tat down his thigh that says, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, showing some skin. He does. That's what it says. <laughs> Some of you guys are going, I'm using that verse to get a tattoo. I told my mom. <laughs> you can. No. I, that's, I'm not. Listen to your mother and father. Um, <laughs> not getting any emails over that. In, in case you are, it's T. Burgraff at. Um, <laughs> he does it to me all the time. Oh. 
I want you to get a glimpse. They knew this Jesus. They watched him ascend into heaven. They watched him perform miraculous signs. They knew that praying in his name brought about mighty power. Their Jesus was no wimp. Their cries did not go unheard. Their lives were taken, but their lives were not taken. They were a people who were shaken. And in verse 31, it says this. And when they had prayed, the place in which they, ga- they were gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. My prayer today is that you will be shaken. If it happened literally, cool. We're not fearful of that. May you get this picture of Jesus in your head, that this is the Jesus that you serve, that no army, no law, no rule, no person can dictate what Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, as it says on his leg, he's in charge. When you pray in his name, there is power. There is boldness. Some of us need that message today. You need to be bold. I'm not talking about be creepy, okay? There's a difference between being bold and creepy. Okay? I'm not saying like start making for your coworkers Michael W. Smith CDs and making them only listen to that at work, okay? It's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about loving them to death, man. Praying for them every day. Inviting them to church, inviting them to small groups, inviting them to potlucks, doing whatever, going to watch a football at their house. God God forbid they might even have a beard. That's okay. I'm talking about being bold, doing anything short of sin to reach those people for the gospel. Do you understand that we can't reach your neighbor? You can. Do you understand the kids in your classes? Literally, guys, I can't go in the high school without permission. I can't go and preach this in the high school. You can't. It's up to you. And I think it's so crazy that we have to beg you. Some of you need healing. I pray that this morning you will find it, whether it's of the heart, the spirit, or even physical We're going to be up here as we sing here in a second. If you want that, we're all about it. We may need to see miracles, and oh man, I hope they come, and I hope they fall. The power is here. It's being waited to be used, and it's up to, it's not up to us. Let me get this right so I don't have to declare myself a heretic publicly. Um, God wants to use you. We're ready, I I hope. Let me pray. Father God, we pray your Holy Spirit in this place, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, that we will ask it by the name of Jesus. And that God the Father, you will hear us. God, some of us are crying out because this message resonates, but it's not in a good way. But it's because our hearts are too heavy. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will comfort them. That they will find refuge in Jesus. For some of us, God, I just pray right now that we will just need to know that there's a power and that we serve a God that's so much greater than we've ever known. That's for everybody. I pray that, that, that you'll make that known here this morning. God, for some of us, we need a miracle because we don't know how else it's going to work out. Some of us have been just sharing for so long with a person or 
or, or even just trying to do anything. And we feel like a miracle may be the only way. And God, I just pray that you will give them the boldness to pray for that miracle. God, let us be an intense people. Let us be a people who love your word and love your son. God, you've given us the ability. Help us with the availability for some of us. And God, for some of us in here who don't know you, I pray that right now that your Holy Spirit will just be impacting their heart and that it'll just be something that they can't even explain necessarily. But man, they don't want to let go of it. God, please do that this morning. We, do, we pray that expectantly. Father, we love you so much. But as your word says, not that we have ever loved you, but that you loved us first. And you sent your son to be the propitiation for our sins, that you loved us more than we could have ever loved you. We thank you for that. God, as we close and we sing here, may your Holy Spirit fall. May it go with us out of this place onto our campus, into our community. Do crazy things. We want it. In your name I pray. Amen. If you need prayer, whether it's been a long time since somebody prayed with you, Tom and I will be up here. Bistro will be up here. Alita will be up here. If you need prayer, come get it. Whether it's maybe to rededicate for the first time in a long time that you need to say, this isn't just walking an aisle or doing something. We're not doing the Thursday night youth camp, play the song again until everybody comes kind of thing. This is legit. Do business with God. If you don't know him, and when I said that he's got a hold of your heart and that resonated with you, we encourage you to come forward. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to get you resources that you need. We want to plug you in. This is not a solo journey. We love you guys. We mean that from the bottom of our heart. We pray that you will love Jesus and understand his power.